very distracting when Randy drums the intro song. Yeah, he's not going to do that anymore. No, no, do, no, do Welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast. I'm your host, Brett at Schmerriman Merriman. Sitting in front of me, we have Sally DeFreeze back in the building. What is up, Sally? Just buying a cardigan on Amazon. Just hit buy. Oh, for right you before. or for Fritz? For me. Oh. I didn't even think about getting Fritz one. Is Fritz in the cardigan game yet? He's not a cardigan guy, but he does have like eight cable knit uh, sweaters from Zara. As he should. But like only one opportunity to wear them. But I think that the weather is going to cool down significantly tonight. So. Okay. FMK, Cardi Gens, Cardi B, or Cardi Mom? Like Cardamom the Spice? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you F Cardi B. Yeah. You That'd be an experience. Oh my goodness. Uh you marry cardigans? Mm-hmm. And you kill cardamom. Yeah, cardamom's a pretty good spice though. It's not like an everyday spice, but when you need it. It comes through in the clutch for you. It's really good in uh dishum chai tea. Dishum? What does dishum mean? Dishum is a restaurant in London. Oh, okay. That's an Indian restaurant. And or I guess in in Britain, but I think it started in London. And when you go, they like just give you unlimited hot chai tea. Oh, it's so good. And it's like it's like a. I mean, it's got milk and stuff in it, so it's not like tea tea. It's like like a latte situation. Okay, not really a latte. It's got milk in it and sugar. It's really good, Mm -hmm. and they just bring it to you unlimited. And when we were there, both Will and I were like nursing colds, so we were like just pounding it. Mm And you can find a recipe for it, and you can make it at home, and it's certified slaps. It's so good. Damn. It's my my go-to warm winter drink. Okay. I've never made it boozy. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can throw some whiskey in there. Whiskey or Or Baileys or something like that? Yeah. How about that? I'm a a dirty chai guy. So, yeah. We actually – so what I do, look up the recipe for – Dishoom chai. I think Mr. Porter has it on their website. And you make it, and then I put it in like a pitcher and put it in our fridge. Oh, and shit. And we were like using it essentially as like coffee creamer. So we were like making espresso <laughs> Damn. on the Nespresso and then filling up the rest with chai. Oh, heck yes. It's so good. Will has, uh, I don't want to say bragged, but Will has mentioned that I need to come over and try his espresso martini. He does make a pretty good espresso martini. Okay, I trust I your. I trust your martini in general. Okay, but because of the Nespresso, it like makes it a little bit easier. And then he has mm. some coffee liqueur and simple syrup and something else. Yeah, he doesn't put cream in his or like any sort of half and half. No, like that. and I don't mind that. Yeah, I think if you shake it good enough, you get like a foam. You get the little yeah, and you don't need, you don't need like a cream in it. I agree. I agree. Sometimes they come out too creamy for me, and it's like I don't need I don't need the dessert. You don't need like a latte. Yeah, you're looking for a, a martini. Sometimes they're listed on the dessert cocktails at restaurants. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, so that means it's like all chocolatey and like milkshakey. I don't. I give me like a a thinner, if that makes sense, a thinner espresso martini. Right. Do you make a drink that's like your drink to make? Like, are you no. really good at something? I mean, I wish. But no, okay. Will Will is the bartender in our household. Ah, I see. So you just like, hey babe, whip me up. Uh... He's he's better at making margaritas. He's better mm. at making martinis. 
I wish I had a skill like that. I just don't. Like I can, but yeah. I he just like I can follow a recipe, but he's just better at like making drinks. He's more aggressive with the shaker. When it's I shake thing. up drinks, I'm just like it's kind of like dead fishing it. Dead like, fishing yeah. it. And it will like, got the you have to Will's got the technique, the figure eight. Vibrate motion. your body. I'm like, I don't know. Vibrate your body. Yeah, I don't Randy know. Randy knows that, that song. What's your drink? Uh, I do a pretty good old fashioned. Yeah. With uh, Woodford, my favorite bourbon, non spawn. Unless if they, if Woodford sponsored this podcast, I I think my life would be complete. Uh huh. Um, Woodford, simple, uh, bitters, orange bitters, and uh, secret ingredient, little maraschino cherry juice. Mm-hmm. You can throw the cherry in there too. Yeah. But I do like a little half simple, half maraschino cherry juice from the the, the jar. The jar, yeah. And then some uh, lemon or orange peel, and I light it on fire, throw it in there, maybe a cinnamon stick if I'm feeling flirty. Yeah. Okay. Boom. It's very sweet. Randy, what's your, like... Randy's going to say Miller Lite. Oh, whiskey yeah, whiskey meat. meat. Wow. That takes so much skill. Did you know Randy likes... Uh, when he goes to a new place or a restaurant, he loves to order like the most ridiculous cocktail from their specialty stuff. Yeah, I was sitting next to him at the company dinner two years ago when he <laughs> ordered a straight up tropical drink at a steakhouse. Yes, yes. And he's like, "Does it come in the tiki glass?" Yeah. He loves his his flirty tropical cocktails. Oh, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at making a painkiller. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a minute. Oh, I man. like those. It's it gets dangerous because like. Honestly, at a certain point, you like you're drinking way too much orange juice. <laughs> yeah, are th- th- is that like for some reason I tie painkillers and Sally DeFreeze to planes? Is that like a pl- an airplane drink of choice for you for some reason? No, I don't think you can get a airplane. Like I don't think you can get a painkiller on a plane. But can because- you can you get the ingredients for it? No, because it has to. You have to have um, cream of coconut. Oh. Or like coconut cream or Coco Loco or whatever. Gotcha. So like a lot of times, even if you want to get one at a restaurant, a lot of times they don't have. Mm-hmm. They'll have orange juice and pineapple juice, but they don't have the cream. So you make a knockoff painkiller. You can make like a street painkiller. Yeah, I guess. Do you do like Bloody Marys on flights? Is that your deal? I don't really drink on flights anymore. And if I do, I have like a really? beer. Damn. Well, we fly Southwest a lot and Southwest isn't serving alcohol currently. Like That's American. tough. That's tough. Our uh, boy, our, our friends over at Delta. Delta is. Yeah, we're the back. Last time we're I back. flew Delta, I had like eight Heinekens for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. What'd you have when you flew over to England? Uh, I had, I think, a, a glass of champagne and then a couple glasses of red wine. Okay. Plain wine hits kind of different. Well, because you're, yeah, it makes you go to sleep. It, it does. It does. For sure. Um, I want to hear your. Uh, Plain drinks of choice. And to do that, you can write in at the Mail-In Podcast on our, uh, on our Twitter bio, at Mail-In Podcast. Hit the hotline number, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Please subscribe on iTunes as well. Follow on Sp- oh, geez, Spotify. You okay? I, I, almost, I almost just choked on my, my own words there. And that's, that's us. We're the Mail-In Podcast. We answer your questions. So, Sally, let's jump right into it. Let's do it. Howdy, Brett and Sally. Been a listener since the mailbag days. Shouts to you for being a long-time listener. Jumping right into it, I'm having lady problems. For context, I'm 27, 6'4", 
former multi-sport college athlete. Ding. Good paying job that allows me to solo. Use solo as a verb. In the LA beach cities, come visit. Great group of friends. And in the most humble way possible, I'd say I'm a good looking guy. Did he include an Instagram? Handle? No at included. Okay. I, I got... <laughs> Next time, include your ex. Like, but we need to see. I've had uh, I've had fun being single by choice, but I feel like I'm ready for something serious. Shouts. About two months ago, I hit it off with a girl, 26, at a bar, and things have been moving quickly. She's fun. She's down to earth. She's caring and checks a lot of boxes. Here's the issue, Sally. She's not that hot. Looks aren't everything, obviously, but attraction is important, right? I know it sounds douchey, but I've done better, and I don't want to feel like I'm settling. I haven't had a connection with someone like this in a while, and I thought that over time my emotions for her take over, and I look past it, but that hasn't happened yet. Am I being a shallow douche, or should I look past it? If not, how would I even go about ending things if nothing is wrong other than the attraction issue? Keep up the good work, and thanks in advance. Okay, next time you have to include your Instagram so I can like see. Oh, uh, okay. I need to be able to like verify that this guy actually is who he says he is. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Don't <sighs> throw don't throw stones at glass houses type of okay, thing. Okay, I but I'm not gonna like doubt that he is attractive. Sure. Good looking dude, good paying job, good group of friends, LA scene. What are we thinking as far as your significant other being hot in quotes? Um I think that he needs to break up with her because I don't think personally he's ever going to get past it. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately for him and for people he dates, like, I, he, I don't think it's that he has a high opinion of himself. Like, he's confident. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think he's a little self aware, at least. He's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I get this sounds like it does, but. But I, for me, it's like, okay. This could be viewed as like he doesn't think she's on his level. But mm-hmm. I think it's really like the sexual attraction isn't there. Yeah. And that's really hard to overcome. It doesn't matter if you like somebody and you, everything about them is great. If it hasn't clicked already, I mean, how long has he said that they've been going out? Uh, two months ago. Okay. If that hasn't clicked at this point, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. And that's really difficult because that sucks. I think that there is always, I have said this before, at the beginning of a relationship, there's always a part where you're like, there is something that I'm not super thrilled about this person. Maybe like, you know, they have this weird habit they do or they're not who I pictured myself with. Like I'm always into blondes and they're brunette or Mm -hmm. whatever. And a lot of times when you like the person enough, you just get over it. And then you find them attractive for mm-hmm. who they are. If that hasn't happened for you at two months in, I don't think it's going to. You're totally right. You know, I, like, I just. Yeah, absolutely. Two months is a lot of time to, especially if you're, like, going on consistent dates right. here, to really be, to know whether or not that attraction issue has either faded or has gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. And it feels like this guy just, like kind of wants to be friends with her yeah you know and i i think i don't think there's anything wrong with saying 
physical attraction is a big box to check. Absolutely. And some in some people say might totally say otherwise. But for example, like I, I that's a box that I'd like if to be checked. If it's important to you, and it's a, it's making you question the relationship, then it's important enough that you don't need to overlook it. Right. I've always shot out of my league, Sally. I'm throwing up three pointers. Way to go. I, I nailed one. Splash. Caroline shouts. Shots way out of my Caroline. league. Way <laughs> out of my league. But like really playing above. Playing above the rim. Yeah. Tell me the, the Houston uh, basketball team of eighty five. I don't know anything about Pi Kappa Slamma. Uh Pi Slamma Jam. I do think like that, Randy. this is actually a great time to bring up what I was talking about earlier, two months is a great amount of time. And I think the bare minimum amount of time that you need to give somebody that you've started dating, like time to work out the kinks because there you have the initial attraction. You have like the flirty stage where you're like texting and talking and you, you're totally blind to like any of their faults. Sure. And then you move through that probably around like, two to four weeks of like Mm -hmm. then when you start actually hanging out with them all the time and perhaps like seeing yourself go long term is when you start questioning like, okay, they do this or their friend is an idiot or like they're always working or whatever or they smoke too much pot or you know whatever it is that like annoys you about them. And then – you have to decide, do I care about that enough to like make or break this? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to overlook that thing because I like them enough and we're going to just move past it? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to either like try to change that thing about them, which I don't suggest doing unless it's something really negative, or I'm going to just overlook it and move on with my life. Sure. And then that's like the like the the one month mark, right? And then there's like the maybe the one year mark where if it's serious enough, it's like then the the children thing become a mm-hmm. right or like political stuff. Like that right. maybe that's the one year point where it's not on the, on the six, surface. Six months to one year. I sure, think. yeah. Well, in that I window. don't know. I guess it just depends on how old you are. If you're a boy or girl, I think some people know earlier, but I, I agree mm-hmm. that that's when you evaluate like, will I marry this person do we have the same morals? Do I like her family? Like, yes. You know, is she super intense politically? Like, are all those, th- those are things that you have to decide if you mm-hmm. can match up with them on that level. But obviously, that's not, unless like right away, like month one, they're like just really aggressive about their political views and you just totally can't yeah. match up with them. Let me ask you this. A, Say say you're you're Sally DeFries happily in a relationship, but one of your friends is very single. Okay. You show her to a guy who's also single and like, hey, look at my friend. She's super single. I think you'd love her. She's great. She's this. And the guy goes, ooh, don't think she's that attractive. What do you say? Are you like, fuck you? Or are you like, give her a chance? Or what do you, how do you respond to somebody saying that? Oh, that's hard because I, my inclination is to say fuck you because like I think all my friends are beautiful and I, but at the same time, like some people are just other people's, not other people's cup of tea. Like Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I actually 
tried to set up one of my friends oh. with somebody that is close to the podcast. Oh. And um Are you is he in this room right now? No. And Sorry, Randy. Sorry, Randy. And they're both great people individually and in my mind actually have a lot in common, but it's just like neither physically is the other person's type. Interesting. And so what was funny is when I showed each of them a picture, they're both like, oh, okay. Never like, not she's not cute or he's not really my type, but it was just like, uh, uh uh-huh. And then like, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not going to push it. Sure. I just, I asked that because I've I've been like back in my single days, I've had that like proposition before where a, a friend of a girl is like, oh, you'd be so good together. And she's like, ah, I don't find her attractive. I think it's I think it's um totally acceptable to tell somebody like thanks so much. She's just not really my type. Yeah. And I've been chastised for it before in college, a very specific example where we like hung out, similar situation, we hit it off as like she was just a friend of a friend who came over and we like talked and chatted and afterwards my initial friend was like hey this girl is kind of into you like i saw you you guys like kind of hit it off i was like yeah but she's just she's not attractive so i don't i don't want to go down that road yeah and then i got chastised well you were leading her on i was like no 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 we we talked on our in a dorm we weren't even drinking like it was just so i i kind of sympathize with this in a way yeah because i'm sure it's it definitely goes the other way too like well and i don't think Getting to know somebody isn't really leading them on if you have, you know, set expectations that, I mean, I don't know. It's one thing if, like, they've been, like, dating around for two months and Mm -hmm. he breaks up with her. Yeah, right. But, like, it's another thing if he's, like, invited her to Hawaii with his family next Christmas and then he's like, eh, I'm not attracted to her. Yeah. I'm going to break up with her. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough. But, like, here's the deal. People... Anybody who is in a relationship, who's getting into a relationship, who's single, needs to know that when it's right, it will work. And then when it's not right, it's not meant to be. And there's Mm -hmm. no point in beating yourself up about it. A lot of the times when, like, guys or girls act erratically and you're the receiving end of that, it's... For their own personal shit. So this girl probably is going to get broken up with, wonder what she did wrong. And in the long run, I mean, you he could tell her, like, I don't find you attractive. That would probably be mean and hurt her feelings. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you do it? Right. But then, but at the same time, it's like, when you're not right for each other, you're not right for each other. And we spend so much time, that's why we do this podcast, of people being like, what the fuck went wrong? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. know what? We're not... It's so much better to just not dwell dwell in that yeah. and move on. Because if they didn't want you, then you don't want them. Boom. But don't Monday morning quarterback it. So it's just, so much easier said than done, yeah, right? Like absolutely. Because if yeah. all of us were able to just move on like that, then no one would need advice ever. I mean, I luckily married somebody that we happened to hit it off and like and fall in love at the same smoking time. Smoking hot. And we're both smoking hot. Oh, same. Will's smoking hot. Yeah. Uh, but before Will were just a string of guys that like I liked and they just ghosted me or dumped me or I don't know. Well, f- tell, me, tell me who. I'm a... 
You're gonna fuck. I'm gonna go up. whip up on them. Yeah, this, this is for but Sally then on the ten same years vein ago. Of like you ghosted them. I mean, like it's just it sucks. <laughs> this podcast can always be boiled down to communicate and just move on. But for this guy, <laughs> no, you're not shallow. A really round roundabout answer. You're not shallow. I do think if you're gonna break up with her, the sooner the better. I don't think that it's a good idea to tell her I'm not attracted to you physically correct because like if somebody has like a major personality flaw that you just like cannot get over like Mm -hmm. hey we're like i can't date you because you drink to the point of like being out of control and i don't want to put myself in that situation that's something that maybe you should tell them so that like they can work on themselves Mm -hmm. if you're not physically attracted to somebody she can't change like she can change some of the way she looks but like i she's gonna look the way she looks yeah and you're attracted to it or not right like mm-hmm. so th- i wouldn't tell somebody that's like an inherent part of their being yeah i think i'm not gonna be like hey i'm not attracted to redheads that's <laughs> sorry like or i hope yeah. no one would tell tell me that you know what i'm saying yeah. like oh okay well i guess i could dye my hair but like i'm always gonna be a redhead right so agreed agreed you can't change who you are physically you, you can kind of like manipulate a little bit nothing wrong with that if you if you have a thing about you that you're like i just really want to change this and you change it more power to you whether Mm -hmm. it's cosmetic or weight or hair color more power to you but you're you are you are exactly you know who's always attractive sally who when i open my freezer door and i see a whole bunch of butcher box in there oh take my breath away Cue the song. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Are you still going with the song? Do, do, do. Okay, do that. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Meal prepping is difficult, and ButcherBox makes it easy. ButcherBox is a subscription service that takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. They source their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching at the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. Their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. I am rocking with butcher box meat like you can't you can't even imagine, Sally. Pork, duh. Beef, yup. Steak tips, already made, so I don't have any more, unfortunately. But yeah... I even have two Atlantic uh, lobsters sitting in, in my my freezer ready to just be uh, freaking buttered up and devoured. for you to invite me over for lobster night. I don't, I, I need like a, a better boiling setup than I do right this second, but it, it'll happen. It'll okay. happen. And I'm just, I'm, I'm rocking with shrimp. I'm rocking with bacon. I, Butcher Box has, has gotten me through the cold winters, so I don't have to go back to my caveman roots. Butcher Box did that for me, you know? No antibiotics or, hor- or added hormones in, uh, in their meat either. Every month, they ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home with free shipping for the continental U.S. And each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. I was talking about the box earlier. Guess what? You can customize your own easy either way you get exactly what you want for a limited time butcherbotch is offering new members a great deal for 2022 sign up at butcherbotch.com 
slash mail-in, and you'll receive the ultimate New Year's bundle in your first box. This deal includes ground beef, chicken thighs, and pork butt. Hear that, Randy? More, th- more than seven pounds of meat added to your first box for free. Get this New Year's bundle before it's gone by going to butcherbox.com slash mail-in. Want to do a voicemail, Sally? Yes. Hey, Brett and Sally. 23-year-old dude living in New York City. Shout out to the Gem Saloon. So my Shout situation out. is I'm going to my first wedding in a couple of months where I will be the maid of honor for my sister. Never been to a wedding before. No idea what I need to do as a maid of honor. Help me so I don't screw this up. Thanks. Okay, Sally. The 22-year-old dude in New York shouts to the Gem Saloon who's going to be his sister's maid of honor. Never been to a wedding before. Couple questions here. One, as a dude um, who's the maid of honor for your sister, does that take like the dildo bachelorette party off the table? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. I feel like those are sort of slipping out of style anyway. Yeah, it totally depends on how close. I mean, obviously, he's close enough with his sister to be the maid of honor, man of honor, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Uh, that's kind of up to her. You know, like, I think even if y'all are really close, if you want to do a trip and you be the only guy on it, I think it just kind of depends. I actually had a friend who did this. Yeah, I I have too. Yep. And they did a bachelorette party without him. Oh, interesting. Even though he was like the man of honor. Gotcha. Whatever we called it. I forgot what she called it. Uh But then he was like at all of the stuff. Yep. You know? So... Before we go on, you said stuff. What are the go do the the maid of honor checklist is as follows? Uh, maid of honor checklist is bachelorette party. Yep. Um, usually some sort of bridal shower. Okay. Or like being in contact. So probably like a mom will throw that, or maybe some other friends. It's uh, always at somebody's aunt's house for some yeah. reason. Um. Then like. Day before the wedding, like a bridal luncheon, Ooh, okay. rehearsal dinner. That's usually like the Friday of the wedding. Uh, rehearsal dinner, making speech. a speech, or unless you're doing speeches at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then day of wedding, getting ready together, holding the bouquet, all the You shit. have to, uh, uh, the veil situation too, right? You have, you have, to, you have to, to adjust the dress adjust and the, the veil, veil as yes. they when they get to the altar. Right. Um, I know this is a lot more common, so I really just think it's up to you and your sister of what you want to do. So first of all, as um, her brother, I think it totally depends on y'all's relationship. If you mm-hmm. want to go on a girl's trip, possibly with other guys, I don't know what her wedding party looks like. That's definitely doable. I think that there's a lot of fun locations that you can go to that aren't like going to be super girly. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you know, if if you're going to do that, you're in charge of organizing it. So you really need to pull your sister, see where she wants to go, what weekends are available to her, who she wants to invite. Then you're in charge of sending out the email of where you're going to go, basically planning the whole thing, and then, you know, paying for it and getting everyone else to pay you back. Bachelorette party 101 in about 30 oh. seconds. Uh, then other um, things include probably helping her pick out bridesmaids' dresses. Again, that's a normal maid of honor duty. Um, she may not want your input or care. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that especially being a guy, it depends on how like much she wants another girl's input. Like if she does, then there's always the opportunity of like bringing in if you'll have like if she has a best friend being like, hey, Sarah, like want to come help me with some of this? Because she probably asked you, you're her brother. Y'all are probably really close, but she probably does have like a best girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's lean on her best girlfriend or friends for some of the quote unquote girlier stuff. Right. Um, and then take the reins on the stuff that you know you can crush. Bachelorette party, uh, luncheons and bridal showers, right. et cetera. And your mom will help you with a lot of that too. Totally, totally. Um, but you're not like expected to like show up and surprise her with all this stuff. So ask her, like, what do you expect from me? What do you want to do for this, this and this? Like, mm -hmm. Where would you like the bachelorette to be? What do you want to do for your bridal luncheon? How do you want to get ready? Do you want to do like, do you want me to like get some champagne and we can like organize hair and makeup for everybody and like I'm going to just pretty much hang out and play bartender and like chill with y'all. Right. Like you're just there to like be her assistant essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's okay to ask her what she wants. Like, I'm sure she'd prefer it. At some yeah. point, she's going to be like, I don't know, just just do it. Yeah. But you can get some sense of the direction she wants to go, whether she right. wants a lot of events or two main events right. or where she wants to go and why she wants to do this and that. So be involved with, with her input helping you along the way. It doesn't have to be the whole world is on your shoulders to like do the perfect bachelorette party or the perfect, like be the perfect maid of honor. And I think the role of bridesmaid, maid of honor, best man, et cetera, has really evolved in the last probably few decades. Like I think it really used to be a, I'm helping you with stuff, but mm -hmm. because weddings have become so um, out of control is the wrong word, but like taken on a whole life of their own from like, we went from like in the nineties, people having like a bachelorette party, like the night before the wedding. Literally. Right? Yeah. And now it's like a whole like year thing. Mm -hmm. So you're not like just organizing like a dinner. You're like this person's go-to, you know, planner. But at the same time, a lot of brides are really involved in what they're doing. So like they have visions of like what they want to do, where they want to have the bachelorette, where they want to get married, what's going on, what dresses they want to wear, all of that. So really your job now as a, Maid of honor, best man, anybody in the wedding party is just being the bride or groom's hype person, essentially. Yeah. Because weddings at this point, the bride and usually the wedding planner have so much done that hopefully your job is to like show up when asked mm -hmm. and act excited about it. And Boom. that can be really difficult sometimes when you're like on wedding 30 <laughs> and you know, you're like, all of your cash and disposable income is being spent on going to other people's weddings, wedding events. But for number one, you're gonna be super psyched. But first wedding all ever. All you, all you have to do is like be excited to be there and not bitch and complain. Boom. That's pretty and, much and all we're asking. Take the bride's bitching and complaining, and be like a sponge. Just right. be like, yep, exactly. you're you're so right. Yes. Like the that that flower is so fucking out of place I, i'm gonna fix it so like bachelorette party be the fun one don't be a nazi don't be like a fun nazi and like be bossing everyone around because no one likes that person just be excited for her mm -hmm. and be ready to 
party. And then during the wedding, like your whole job is to like, especially as the maid of honor and part of the family is to calm her down. But then so much of like the rehearsal dinner, the bridal luncheon, the wedding is you talking to like randoms. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. That's your whole job is like you're the, you're in the wedding party and you're part of the family. Like you have to basically talk to everybody. Totally. All the aunts and uncles, like the random parents, friends. You don't necessarily have to get up at the, at the dinner and go walk around like the bride. No, room but like do, but... you need to be like a face for the, yeah. the wedding. First party. line of defense. Yeah. That's bachelor, uh, bachelorette slash maid of honor one one with Sally to freeze everybody. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. Let's do the next one. Okay. Dear Sally and Brett, thanks for all the great work y'all do. For context, I am an active 23-year-old guy who works full-time and consider myself to be in great uh, in a great headspace. But one area for improvement that I have is sleep. I have difficulty both falling asleep and waking up. To fix this, I've tried CBD, putting my phone down at 9 p.m. to read, and going to sleep earlier. Still can drift off easily, and I usually roll out of bed with only enough time for a quick breakfast before rushing to work. Any tips for falling asleep, waking up, and establishing a better morning routine are appreciated. How's your sleep, Sally? First, how was your sleep pre-newborn uh, child? I've always struggled with sleep. Really? So this, this question really... Hits home? Hits home. How's your sleep? Um, good, especially when it comes to falling asleep and waking up in the morning. Problem, I'm a light sleeper. Mm -hmm. So I wake up to any noise. Mm -hmm. I wake up to any dream. I wake up to pee. I wake up a lot during the night. But going to sleep and waking up has never been much of an issue. So, yeah, I mean, everything about sleep has been a struggle for me at one point or another. He's got difficulty falling asleep and waking up. Okay. Um, and there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to approach this. And you really, it's just going to be trial and error of finding out what works for you. I yep. can tell you what's worked in the past mm -hmm. for me. And you can too. But like this guy's just going to have to try it out and see what works. Everybody's different. Every body is different. I say this with the disclaimer, like sleep is so unbelievably important. And so I spend so much time thinking about sleep. I'm literally thinking about it right now. I'm like so excited to okay. go to sleep tonight. I, I just. <laughs> I'm so excited to basically die for a night and then yeah. wake up. The, the reason that we waited as long as we did to have a kid was my like holdout was because I was like. I don't want this to affect my sleep. Oh gosh. Like that's that's the full I, I will had other reasons, I'm sure. But like mm -hmm. all I could think was like, oh, I no. want to come home from work and nap uninterrupted. I want to go to sleep. I wanna, you know, never like I get sad when I'm thinking like ahead and I'm like, I know that I'm gonna get not great sleep. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn it. Like we were in Mexico coming back from vacation and all I could think was we get home at 7.50 p.m. and I have to go to work the next day and like my – I'm just not going to get great sleep because mm -hmm. I'm going to be like unpacking. And then you think about that. Yeah, and, and then you stress about it. Get, and that makes it worse. Okay. So let's start with the falling asleep thing. Okay, first of all, 
anybody and everybody, and I'm actually in the middle of reading it right now because this is kind of one of my New Year's resolutions is to work on this, is okay. should uh, read the book called Why We Sleep. Oh, okay. Um, it is by, hold on one second. Let me find it. Um, it is Why We Sleep, The New Science of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker. Ooh. There, there's like so much research that goes into it. He talks about all facets of sleeping, like falling asleep, waking up, what to do if you're waking up in the middle of the night, all of those things. Need so that part. Absolutely read it. Number two, falling asleep. It sounds like he's doing the right thing. So he's like not having screen time beforehand. He's, um, you know, putting his phone away. He's reading. All of the things that you, most people are going to tell you to do. Mm-hmm. The little I'm gonna actually compare this right now to like all that I know about newborn sleep, which has been a journey for us. Wow. Okay. Um, but has also taught me a lot about how humans in general learn to sleep, stay asleep, things like that. So number one, establish a bedtime routine. Okay. Okay. That's like we're doing that with Fritz right now. Okay, we like give him a bath. Mm-hmm. Then we read to him, we put him in his little sleep sack, and then he goes to bed. Okay. Uh, it does not have to be long. It can be 10 minutes. Okay. But it's cueing your brain that it's time to shut down. And your so, brain eventually recognizes that. Correct. So um, for most people, it would be like showering, doing like a skincare routine, mm-hmm. like reading a little bit, and then laying down. Okay. So okay. find something that works for you. There's also a lot of research that shows um, changes in temperature can help you fall asleep. So a lot of times going oh, from okay. like some people swear by taking cold showers, although I think that really helps to wake you up versus like taking a warm shower. And then as your body starts cooling back down, helps you fall into sleep, things like that. So really finding something like that that works for you. Obviously, no screen time okay. and um, getting your phone away. From you reading, but then I run into the thing of like where I start reading and then I like get into it and then I like don't, I want to like stay awake and read. Gotcha. Um, okay. I find personally that meditating helps me fall asleep, like a specific sleep meditation. Like a um, guided or you have your own sort no of guided. custom? Like okay. literally the second I, we use Peloton ones because we like already are a member of Peloton. And I just have them all queued up and okay. we put one on. They start like doing the body scan thing and I'm like passed out usually by minute six of wow. 10. Okay. Uh, other things that help. Having your room be pitch black. So, so important. And this is actually more important for staying asleep um, because any amount of light is cueing your brain to wake up. So if you sleep with the TV oh. on, if you have some sort of nightlight, if the hall light is on, if you have random, like I went through and taped like all of the electronics with like black tape. <laughs> not all. I mean, oh I did at one point, not <laughs> yeah. anymore. Okay. But in Fritz's room I did. Cause it's like anytime your brain starts seeing and you're already like, like you said, a light sleeper and then you have some sort of source of light coming in, then huh. it already tells your brain like okay it's time to wake up that's that's definitely a problem of mine then so because i leave my window shade out curtains wow okay get them on target okay. or amazon literally black the shit out of your curtains i'm i'm not kidding okay. like windows if you need to foil them and look like you're like 
a meth lab do that like mm -hmm. make your room dark gives your and neighbors a talking cool point too. it needs to be cold like okay. most people want to sleep when they're on the cooler side and like have blankets but you don't want to mm. be very few people can sleep when it's like very hot totally so you, it needs to be a cool dark place um sound machines help a lot especially if you're people who are light, light sleepers like talking white noise mm -hmm. i personally never slept with one until fritz and now he uses one and when we use one i'm like it's the best sleep I ever really have. Yes. okay so, Interesting. I'd sell. I'm learning a lot here. I'm gonna like go back and listen to this and be taking notes. Okay. Um. So all of those are to like fall asleep, stay asleep. Okay. All of that being said, if some of these things aren't working for you and you seriously cannot fall asleep or stay asleep, sometimes it's related to anxiety. Um. <laughs> Sure is. <laughs> My, mine is pretty much always anxiety because, like, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking about all the shit I have to do the next day. Now, as a mom, I sit there and worry, like, is Fritz going to wake up? What if I oh, yeah, what yeah. if I miss it mm -hmm. and I, like, don't hear him? Um, so you also have to address your mental health. And he, sat, he said he's, like, in a good mindset. But mm -hmm. if you're sitting there thinking about all the shit that you have to do the next day, you're not going to enter a restful mode. Totally. Okay. So sometimes that needs to be addressed in which a mental health professional or a doctor can help you, especially if you're trying all of these things. And especially if you read the book, Why We Sleep and You Can't Sleep, I would suggest talking to a doctor. I myself have been on Ambien before when I worked night shift because I had to. Like I mm -hmm. literally could not sleep at all. Yeah. But you also have to go to bed at like seven in the morning, right? right? So it's just a weird. Um, I would not suggest that for people. Mm -hmm. I, it's not a benign medication like literally i was like hallucinating at certain points oh, okay. <laughs> i mean i loved ambient it was great don't get me wrong but like should be prescribed and watched under medical direction Got okay it. yep yep uh, sure. something that you can definitely try that i did when i was pregnant is unisom so i think for me benadryl like I didn't have like the effects people report of like being hungover and stuff, but I had uh, the, the I old groggy hangover, like yeah. a quick tolerance to Benadryl, and Benadryl would make me fall asleep on night one, and like night three didn't touch me. No way. Okay, Benadryl's but, a little hack. That's that's my hack. Right, Unisom, um, not the Benadryl kind. It's the doxyolamine. I think I'm pronouncing that and right. And that is non-habit forming. Right? Should be correct. Okay. I used when I just like could not, especially when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Okay, then then there's like, how, what happens if you wake up in the middle of the night? Your boy. First of all, get your prostate checked. Yeah, so again, Randy. huge issue when I was pregnant. It was like I was getting up to pee all the time. Yeah. Um, you need to treat it like you would your bedtime routine. So you wake up, you go pee, or you wake up and you just think of something. How many times do you reach for your phone and get on your phone and look at Twitter? In the middle of the night? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So if you're trying to go back to sleep, the worst thing, like our brains are like, okay, I'm going to mindlessly scroll something mm -hmm. and then I'm going to mm -hmm. fall asleep. That's what we think, but it's the absolute worst thing to do because you're putting blue light in front of your face. You're engaging your brain. You're, you know, so if you wake up, do not reach for your phone, <laughs> even as tempting Every as time. it is. And like, honestly... 
Even if, especially if you're tempted to, leave your phone in a different room and like get an alarm clock or something. Oh, that would, see, that would give me anxiety though. Yeah. Like, is my dad calling me? Is Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. somebody texting me? That would give me more. And so it would just, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, so don't check your phone. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you pee, go back to bed. Mm-hmm. If you need to do a meditation or something like that, usually do it. it's pretty it's pretty quick for me. Yeah, it's like okay, got up, pee, go back. It's four thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty pretty out quickly. See, so that's never if been I bad, wake up at just... like four thirteen, all I think about is like okay, I have to be up in an hour. Ugh. Okay, now it's forty minutes. That okay, now, that know? happens if it's mm-hmm. if it's an early like airport morning or something yeah. like that. And I wake up to pee, and it's 3.46, and I have a 5.15 wake up. It's like, oh, do I even want to go back to bed? Well, and so something that is common with newborns that I think is also pretty common in adults is your drive to sleep is the lowest between 4 and 6 a.m. So your body Interesting. is okay. ready to sleep, right? Yeah. But when morning light starts peeking in, you mm-hmm. wake up because you have to pee. You wake up because you got an email and you got like a notification or whatever, and you wake up, and it's between 4 and 6 it's the hardest for your body to go back to sleep. Interesting. Okay. Because you don't have the like sleep drive that you had at say 9 p.m. the mm-hmm. night before. So give yourself some grace there. As far as waking up, that's always been difficult for me. Like I've never been a morning person. Okay. And I have to be at work at like 6 a.m. So oh it blows. <laughs> Sally. And I am not the person to oh like tell you how to have a morning routine because I literally <laughs> like wake up. Uh-huh. And brush my teeth and put on scrubs and like leave my house. Oh, I man. it like kills me. That is, I am very lucky because I have not since okay since I worked when I worked for the Broncos in Denver. Uh-huh. Klein and I were in the office like he was at like six thirty because he's a fucking workaholic. Yeah, and I'd be like seven fifteen seven thirty. Yeah, and we'd work out at seven thirty the whole front office. Okay, and so that was the. Most I've ever been like able to wake up, morning routine, workout, breakfast, like shower, better myself. And now I'm just back to wake up at 7.45, shower, out my door by like 8.45. Yeah. One thing that I do think helps is setting your alarm. And like if you're going to do the thing where you have like a million like alarms going off. I hate that. Don't set I'm it not for that, that early. Oh, the the people that scroll through their four, like 42 alarms. Yeah, like you have an one issue. alarm and snooze it. Right. Like if, if you you're setting to. it off at 5:40 to get up at 6:40, you need to learn how to get up at your alarm at 6:40. Yes. Uh, Randy. Ugh. Cold showers are great in the morning. And good for your up. hair too, I learned. Great for uh, lots of health benefits actually. Great for your metabolism, great for your ha- hair and skin. Mm-hmm. Um great for your mental health. So maybe really? try a cold shower. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Set stuff like set yourself up for success the night before. So like have coffee, like all your shit to make coffee ready. Like have your cup out. Okay. Have your like little like oh. everything prepared. It's like it's like it's like have pre, like, yeah. Have your clothes laid out. I love doing you that. Know, if I have, have an early airport morning, mm-hmm. everything is like like wake up. I sh- I have to shower. If it's three thirty in the morning, I have to shower. Yeah, so and, does Will. Yeah, and then hop in the clothes that I like laid out the night before. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yeah, but in terms of like waking up, my sister has a uh, an alarm clock that you stop with your feet. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have like to the stand one of the on pads it. that you yeah. stand on, and like it's at my my dad's house, and so I, it works. I mean, like as soon as I stand up, 
I'm like, okay, I guess I will go to the gym now. You know, yeah. I try to go to the gym at like 6.30 in the morning and I can never get into that routine, but it helped. Um, but then you just kind of find yourself stepping on it and then getting back in bed too. Okay, so. so here is something that I just learned from somebody else. Okay. That applies to the gym, but I kind of like this for like a waking up. It's like if you're trying to start a morning routine and you like say he wants to be up at 7, mm-hmm. but like he just can't make him do it and he likes himself do it and he sleeps till 7.45 every morning. Okay. Give yourself five minutes. So wake up, walk around for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And after five minutes, if you're still wanting to go back to bed, go to sleep. Go okay. back to bed. Same thing with going to the gym. Get, go to the gym for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you're still after five minutes, like, fuck this, I don't want to be here, then leave because you did it. But like, usually after five minutes, you're like, okay, I'm awake. I'm totally. going to do my yeah. shit now. As soon as I get, like, get out of bed and get my gym clothes on, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm good. I mean, yeah. if it's just it's just getting to that point is like oh, I'm just going to scroll Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to refresh, and then I'm going to go to Instagram. Or oh, now I'm going to go back to Twitter. Right. That's I have a difficult time with. And the five minutes does not count being on your phone. You have no. To, like, you, be have to awake, be, you have to be. You have to be like not, showering, be, making coffee, one of mm-hmm. those things. And then if you want to go back to bed after that, you can. I like to. Uh, but all those being said, those are things that work for Brett and I. Please read the book report back it's it will change mm-hmm. your life my one thing i wanted to mention that falling asleep for me i used to be a tv on guy i'm mm-hmm. no longer a tv on guy what i do now and i've done every night i've gone to bed for the last probably four years is podcasts mm-hmm. and so pseudo sleep machine right i yeah. throw on a podcast with no intent of finishing it listening to it i put it next to my bed and i that Makes me fall asleep. I think audio stimulation is a lot less intrusive than like visual stimulation. Yeah. But I think you have an, like, I leave my bedroom blinds pretty much open. Yeah. All the way open. Light out. And so I'm going to try, and like, I always find myself sleeping so well in like hotels. Mm-hmm. And I always blamed the bed because I was like, oh my God, this bed's so comfortable. But I think it's the, the curtains. We were sleeping so well in Mexico and it was because uh-huh. it was so pitch black in our room. Pitch I, black. Uh, okay, mark my words, Sally. I'm going to try to pitch black my room. Okay, report and back to me next report. week. Report, yeah. Okay, because I think like that's like light bulb moment for me. Like, yeah. I've just been like, oh yeah, and there's those lights and car lights, and mm-hmm. I'm like, that's oh, fine. I've, I've lived in New York for three years. I'm used to that shit. No, but. dark, dark it up. Okay, all right. Well, that was the sleep hour with Sally <laughs> and Brett. Uh, I'll do the next one, Sally. Sure. All right, hey Brett. Sally and or esteemed guest. I'm skipping one here, by the way, because we went long. Mm-hmm. Wondering if I can get your take on the definitions of terms used to describe dating relationships, pre-official relationships, the DTR talk. Uh, what is the DTR? Oh, define, d- the d- define the relationship. Before established as boyfriend, girlfriend. To share a recent experience. This is a long one. A few months back, I met a guy through Hinge, and we really hit it off. Things started off with the first date, a.k.a. drinks, followed by a second date, a.k.a. drinks, which was followed by dates that felt like they were progressively getting more serious. After two to three months of this, I invited him to be my plus one for my company holiday party, and it felt super easy asking, which he accepted. I felt great about how things were going until an interaction we had at said party. We started talking with a coworker I was friendly with, and I introduced her to the guy. 
She hadn't met or even heard about him until this point, so she asked us, are you guys dating? I replied without any hesitation, yep. While at the same time, the guy said, we haven't talked about that in a pretty dismissive tone. When he realized my answer was drastically different than this, he looked at me in total horror and flinched as though I were a crazy person. The coworker picked up on the awkwardness and quickly changed the subject, but it made me look and feel pretty stupid, so embarrassing. The party setting made it tough to address in the moment, and I was honestly turned off by this to the point where I lost interest in the guy, aka got the ick, and things quickly fizzled. While this particular guy is over and done with, it does make me wonder about how much words and terms matter in dating. We had been on several dates, and based on how things had been going until that point, it seemed like there would be more dates in the foreseeable future. He seemed to enjoy everything we were doing and was continuing to make plans and show interest, but he took issue with calling that dating. To me, quote, been on dates, unquote, and quote, continuing to go on dates, end quote, is dating. Had the coworker asked if he were my boyfriend, I would have said no, because to me, dating doesn't mean boyfriend-girlfriend yet. I hear a lot of people opt for terms like hanging out, and that's honestly a huge turnoff to me. Am I in the wrong or outside the norm for feeling this way? Do I sound like a stage five clinger slash out of touch if I were to call a guy I'd been on three plus dates with the guy I'm dating? Also, on a personal experience level, Brett, what did you call Caroline and Sally, what did you call Will in the time frame post first date but pre-established relationship? Appreciate any help you can give. Love the pod. Thanks. I think she's right. Okay. She is right. Someone you've been going on dates with for two months. Mm -hmm. I would say I was dating. I mean, yes, that is dating them. Technically. By the the definition of the word. But But I think that there is... It's more likely that in society, if you say that you're dating someone, people are going to associate that with that as your boyfriend or girlfriend. Correct. Absolutely, 100%. And I I understand where this girl's coming from completely. And I think, like, sorry that that happened with that guy. Mm-hmm. But I also think that is it worth getting hung up on a technicality, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, see. I, I don't know if this is like the hill to die on. Sure. I, I agree with you. Okay. And I think it's, I've heard terms like situationship mm-hmm. now, like we're, we're something, we're not nothing. We're not boyfriend, girlfriend. We're something. I don't call that dating. Going out used to be like the fifth grade term. Like, oh, are you guys going out? Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was weird. I would never like I ne- that. Never equated well, to me. It's funny, like fifth graders are calling it going out because like they're literally not going they're out. They're not going out anywhere. They they're going to each other's houses like, because they can't drive. <laughs> right. It's like your tops. You're going over to play Spyro in their yeah. basement and have like chocolate. Will milk. you go out with me, seventh grade? Uh, yes. No. Like, maybe. Sure, but like I, your mom's gonna have to drive us. So cool. What? <sighs> Personal experience-wise, I'll just quickly, met Caroline like end of November via Hinge, was dating by the first week of January. So for that month, and a lot of like holiday stuff was there too, so it was a little different, but I would say talking to. I'm talking to somebody. 
Are you are you dating somebody? No. Are you boyfriend girlfriend? No. I'm talking to somebody. I think that that is a pretty common way to s- yeah. refer to it. I do think I do hate that terminology. I like agree with her on all this, but yeah. unfortunately, we're like we're not going to change how an entire society refers to like their terminology of dating. Right, and we and it's so new. Think of the last twenty years. Like right, that's kind of why all this stuff is. Because it used to be, what, going steady? Like, Well, it's pretty I, ambiguous now. I yeah. Think, I think, um, I also, we, we always have this same conversation when people are like, are if you're dating, does that make you exclusive? Like, are you dating multiple people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at what point, like, to me, like, if I'm exclusively dating someone, they are my boyfriend. Right. Right? Like, yes. So are we are y'all dating and her answering yes it's like well you're going on dates I don't know I I totally see her point Yeah absolutely but I I I don't know what the correct terminology is and I personally think a great way obviously to address this is just to communicate with people Ring the bell ding but you know, it's kind of weird. Like, if you're going on a first date, you're not like, okay, so what would you tell your friends, like, about us? Like, yeah, nothing, because it's date number one. I feel maybe, like, seeing, I'm seeing this guy or seeing this girl. Yeah, seeing, seeing, Talking dating are kind of, I yeah. mean. We need a term, Sally. I think the term, unfortunately, is, like, talking to. Yeah, I think it is. I'm talking to this what person. What did she say? Uh, hold on, let me read back. She said she, this. Uh, he said we haven't talked about that. Uh, been on dates, yeah. Hanging out, opt for the terms like hanging out, yeah. hanging out, talking. I don't know what Will and I even called ourselves. Which, yeah, Will and I had a really interesting, like, beginning of a relationship. Okay, so I don't. I don't know that that were like the most helpful. Experience. How how long did you go from like DM to official? Exclusive, I should say. Uh, Not that you weren't exclusive during that period, but like DTR happened. We we talked. Talked. There it is. But we really did only talk because we weren't seeing each other in person for like the first six weeks. That's fair. And then I think... I think it was another month before okay. he, like I referred to him as my boyfriend. Gotcha. And was it just kind of naturally fell into that or was it like Yeah, a... I don't even know that we ever had a DTR. Uh he went with with me to a wedding and I went with him to a wedding like very early on. I remember he taught this was like the first thing I ever knew about you. And I don't know that anybody asked me. I think I was just like this is Will. Yeah, this is Will. Like hey. Honestly, Kind of this is on the coworker, okay? Because like if you Ooh. like you brought Caroline to yeah. the work Christmas party slash dinner. I did. Really. I really did, yeah. And it was like, okay, Caroline's your date, but I'm not gonna be like So y'all dating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this your girlfriend? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think if someone brings a date, that's their date. You like and if they don't introduce them as like, this is my boyfriend Brett, then like, okay. Yeah, this is my friend. The date. Jim, Sarah, yeah. Amanda, Kelly, like 
it, it really sucks that there's like a lot of ambiguity uh, surrounding totally until you get to a DTR and like, do I know the correct time for a DTR? Nope. Again, no. I think it's so different for everybody. Does Randy have an opinion on this? I feel like oh, okay. he's stretching it okay. out. Uh, I mean, again, two to three months for me. I'm like, if you're only going on dates with that person, mm-hmm. it's probably that, time, time to have a DTR. That's the time because you don't want to waste people's time, right? right? You don't want to. You don't. You don't want to know that it's not going anywhere or not going to go anywhere, and right. And, I, yeah, I don't know. But you know when know. the right time to have a DTR is? When it feels like the right time? Correct. When when you have crossed the threshold to, I only want to talk to this person anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get on Hinge anymore. I don't want to go on dates with other people. That's when it's the right time. And guess what? If it's the right time for you, it's going to be the right time for them because it's the right time for you. And they take your breath away. Wow, full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people also worry, like, am I going to DTR too early? Well, if you DTR too early and they're not into it, then, like, maybe they didn't want to date Yeah, you. boom. There you go. Make it easy. I don't know, man. What, is, Randy, what do you call, what do you call talking to? Are you, t- Randy's a talking to guy for everybody out there. I think talking is, like, DMing. Pretty... Well, I don't think anybody's like, we're DMing. <laughs> I mean, like, if I was explaining what Will and I were the first six weeks, be like, oh, we're FaceTiming. Six oh. hours a day. Jeez. No, like just one time <laughs> a week. <laughs> um, but like I, <sighs> I had a I had a point I wanted to make. I there's oh, there's a thing. Okay, for those of you who watch Love Island, oh boy, like I do. There's always a point in Love Island when, like, okay, clearly these people have literally lived together the past four weeks, mm-hmm. sleeping in the same bed, and they're like, I'm going to ask Millie to be my girlfriend. And you're like, what? We, just we get all so well. It's, it's You're like, like, okay, you're going to ask her to be your girlfriend? You've been sleeping in the same fucking bed for a month. Uh, yeah, and they treat it like a marriage proposal. And they treat it like a marriage proposal. And I always wonder, I'm like, am I so out of touch now? Do people treat... Asking someone to be their girlfriend like this big of a deal? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. What that does the Will, I think Will and I now? said we loved each other before we even like. I don't know that we ever had a conversation about like, are you my boyfriend yeah. or girlfriend? Sometimes it happens like that. Yeah, and sometimes you have to be like, hey. Yeah, like you want to keep doing this, like for real, for real. Yeah, like I think that's how you, mine went. It's yeah, like, you want to keep doing this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And then it's like, okay, that's that's pretty good. Like, we're dating. I did, I did that. Wow. Okay. I did it subconsciously. So you're so dating, dating to me means boyfriend, yeah. girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Question Man. answered. I do think it's easy to get caught up in the technicality. And please do not let this affect your future relationships. Mm-hmm. I I do think rightfully so the way that that guy reacted like yeah get the ick that guy's kind of an asshole Mm -hmm. like especially if y'all both realizing like you're in totally different places and then your uh, immediate reaction is like "Mm, not into it anymore that's Mm -hmm. probably the right feeling yeah that's a little like ooh, the 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 honeymoon effect wore off a little bit there it's like ooh, okay yeah so but at the same time like 
you can't let somebody's way of like referring to talking, dating, hanging out totally yeah. like affect how you feel. Don't about trip it. over the over the uh, even over though the, I the, the I do agree I with can't her. Talk. Although you do not. Yeah, I don't. So I don't. But it's not like out. I'm super anti. Right. It's just I think the the technicality is tripping you up versus the literal definition. Right. Good stuff there. We could do a whole podcast on sleep. We could do a whole but podcast. I would, I would on love life. to like see what other people say. Yeah. What do you call? Let's see what we let's see if we can get a term out of this that we can make it cool. Message us if you have like a, a something that's not talking. The period between first contact and and DTR. official and DTR. Yeah. We're official. We're official. We're Facebook. It used to be Facebook. Yeah. Man, no, that's gone. That's not gone. I mean, who's like Facebook? Facebook official. official. No. Oh, this is this is what this, now. Perfect. Facebook owns Instagram. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the term like soft launching your significant other on Instagram? No. That's like when you put your story up and there's like their hand is visible, or like a girl puts a story up and very clearly it's like a ma- like a male forearm at dinner. Uh-huh. And like that's soft launching your 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 boyfriend or girlfriend. I kind of love it. I'm like what in the world? I would I would totally do this. You would like totally soft launch. I yes. I'd be like, "Oh, look. Guess what? Guy's thumb." Yes, in the they corner do. Corner of my photo. Right. Sally, they do this. That's like the cool way to announce that you're dating someone. I'm going to like soft launch the next time I have a kid and just like not tell anybody. And yeah. Just like there's like a baby hand in the picture. Or like there, you like there's just a glimpse of like a pregnancy kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soft launching. I'm going to soft Before launch. the hard launch, which is like here's the gram, here's the post where it's the like grid. very clearly a tagged individual. Yeah. The soft launch is a non-tagged significant other of a the opposite opening. or same sex. Yes. Okay. Soft opening for the grand opening. Wow. Great. I think we nailed that. Sally, do you have any shower thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, do you? Just really quick, watched as we were on sleep. Uh-huh. I watched a YouTube video on dreams literally last night. Okay. Like new newest dream info because I'm very curious about dreams and if they tell the future, mm-hmm. which they don't, but like, you know. People used to think that, right? Okay. And they say, not only do dreams like prepare you for real world situations, they also are manifestations of your subconscious. They are your like wants, desires, et cetera, manifested in your brain. So it's it's like a mixture of everything. People are like, oh, it's preparing you to run away from a tiger. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. Like there's there's some evidence to that. But it's it seems to be right now that dreams are just a... Like any any answer you could give, it's like yeah, that's kind of part of it. Do you have any recurring dreams? Um, high school sports. I have the same recurring dream where I'm running from something, but I literally cannot run. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I've had the. I'm I'm not fast enough to run, or like my legs are just like my legs don't yeah. move. Yeah. No, I've always had very mundane dreams. Like I go get ice cream and walk back to my front door. It's like oh, sick, dude. I really prepped you for for Do you survival. Ever- have dreams that like Caroline cheated on you or something and you wake up pissed at her? No, I've gotten, uh, she's been mad at me for cheating on her in my dreams though. Yeah, Will wakes <laughs> up and he's like, you were mean to me last night in the dream. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not mean to you in real life. Like, yeah. No, I always have like, I, I think it's because like some high school sports, not shit happened to me, but like I didn't 
fulfill my high school sports goals like I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I always had dreams of like going back to like being on the mound pitching or playing quarterback. Yeah. And so I think that's just like a manifestation of me not fulfilling my high school sports goals. <laughs> just really somber note to end the podcast. Yeah, here, actually, I do. I don't have a shower thought, but I am going to solicit some advice from kay. our listeners. I have the shittiest nail game on the planet. Ooh. My nail beds suck. Yikes. To steal a line from Mean Girls. My cuticles, dry as fuck. Mm. My nails, brittle. They break. The, the only time my nails have like looked amazing was when I was like in pregnancy and like pounding prenatals and just like my hair and nails were really like god tier. Are you doing biotin? I am on a lot of. I'm on ritual. <laughs> oh, you gotta get on a biotin supplement, dog. No, I like. They'll have I'm your nails. The... I had to cut my nails like every day when I was on that. No, stuff. I've tried it all. I need people to tell me what cuticle oil do you recommend, and is there anything that you use that makes your nails like. Tough. I need you to slide into my DMs, please. Okay. I need dream advice and Sally needs nail bed advice. Because, like, my cuticle game is so weak. Hey, man, and my I, nails I are so not strong. I don't know what I can do for you there. Your, your boy is rocking. They're terrible. I'm so, I'm so from sorry. We're a real piss-poor nail family over here. Will's got really? terrible nails, too. He, he, does he bite his nails, though? Yeah. Okay. That, mm -hmm. yeah. It's mm. not good. Not good. Randy, thank you. For the ones and twos, Sally, thank you. Where can the people find you? Sally DeFries on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe, rate, five stars, review, tell a friend about the podcast. Hit the hotline number, leave a voicemail, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Podcast. Thank you, Sally. Uh, I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman. Maybe, are you around next week? Uh-huh. Let's try to get a female in going. I know we got to get the girls back, but the girls' room. We'll see if we can get them. We'll see if we can get the girls back on, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.